With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Cup of Cubby Blue, your spring training home for Cubs news, updates, and banter. We're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue, which is part of the SB Nation family of team sites. And you can find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue. You can also find us at bleedcubbyblue.com. And we blast every episode and related content from our Twitter at Cup of Cubby Blue. My name is Sarah Sanchez. I write about the Cubs at Bleed Cubby Blue. Hi, guys. I'm Andy Cruz Vanasek, and I am back. Oh, I um, missed you so much. I know. I. It was obviously not a great reason to be gone and it was so hard being away for so long but I had real life things going on and I had to tend to and I just want to say thank you to everyone that reached out to me and um, was thinking of me and and praying for me don't stop I still need it um, but it's it was it was um, definitely I could feel the love and I I, I missed you guys and I, I missed you Sarah so much so I'm happy to be back and ready to put my mind on baseball and, and focus on something else for a little while. Yeah. Uh, we love you to pieces. And I just, my heart was breaking knowing what you were going through and everything. So I'm so glad you're back. I also just, it's interesting the way that baseball is kind of one of those spaces that can be a break for us when we're having a hard time. I was literally just talking about this with a friend about how excited I was that baseball would be back because it's just like my break and it's like my happy place. Even when the Cubs are losing, it's kind of my break and happy place, you know? Oh, for sure. And and this is something um, definitely that I shared with my dad and he's part of the reason why I am who I am today as far as, you know, a person in baseball and otherwise. And um, so I just kind of want to make sure I keep moving and one foot in front of the other and baseball is part of my life and part of my memories with my dad. So I guess no better way to honor him than just keep on rolling. That's awesome. Um, well, we have a ton to talk about here. Cubs spring training is underway. Their first spring training game is going to be on Saturday. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a bit when we talk about the marquee network and what's going on with all of that, but there, you know, there's been like actual Cubs news lately, which is kind of crazy. Um, Let's start. Well, let's start at the beginning. Apparently Chris Bryant is going to be the leadoff hitter for the Cubs in 2020. I'm curious, Andy, what are your thoughts about this? So my whole, I'm, I very mixed feelings on Chris Bryant in the leadoff spot. Um, I love it because 
it's like one of those painfully obvious things that we maybe should have tried a little bit sooner than after Joe Madden is gone. <laughs> um, but also at the same time, I feel like that is a, a huge bulk of RBIs that are going to be sacrificed to put him in that spot. I still think it's going to be worth it in the long run, because if you think about it, and this is something that is so undervalued today in baseball. And I know you and I have talked about this quite a bit. We talked about this last season and I think it's gained a lot more attention just because of um, the flashiness that it's provided to the game of baseball recently. And that's the, 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 intelligence on the base pass, the ability to create opportunities on the base pass and smart base running. And I think Chris Bryant is so undervalued in that aspect because he just creates, he's, he and the hobby bias are very similar in the sense that they create so many opportunities when they are able to get on base, whether it's stretching, you know, um, going first to third on a bloop hit into, you know, shallow center or, or, a, a a ball that finds a hole, you know, Chris Bryant can go first to third on that easily and stuff like that. I mean, if you think about it, if he's on base as the leadoff, and I mean, I have no idea who our number two is, but we'll say, uh, I mean, who Looks are we like Rizzo, actually, I was going to so, say Anthony so yeah, Rizzo. The lineups that I've seen are like Chris Bryant, then Rizzo, then Javi, then Kyle Schwarber to keep the lefty righty thing going. Sure. That then Wilson Contreras. Um, I, I don't hate it. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I you know Rizzo is going to get a ton of RBI opportunities. Chris Bryant in the leadoff spot might lose some RBI. I, I I've never cared about RBIs as a stat. <laughs> I think that stats that are like dependent on other people doing things are kind of problematic and not great indicators of who you are as a player. Um, but I love the idea of KB you know, stretching a single into a double or maybe going first to third uh, when Rizzo comes up. I don't know. I, I, I like that. I The one thing that I thought was interesting here, and, you know, um, I think Michael and I talked about this last episode. I don't know if it was part of when we were, were recording or not, but we kind of thought that Rizzo was going to be the leadoff hitter. And because there had been some rumors and rumblings about that and loved it because he has, he's the only player on the team with an on-base percentage over 400 from last year. Now, KB's is also very high. So you want somebody who's going to get on base in that spot, right? Well, so here's my thing. I have two things that I need to say first. Um, so it's kind of funny. I laugh at myself when I when um, I, I put so much value on RBIs, because if we're thinking about RBIs, you have to have people on base to get to have runs batted in. And that was I felt like a very weak spot for the Cubs when they were down. There was nobody getting on base. We couldn't get any we couldn't string any sort of hit, no offensive rhythm at all going. So we're kind of putting the horse before the buggy there or the buggy before the horse, if you will. So in order to have RBIs, you have to have people on base. So yes, Chris Bryant is somebody that gets on base and he's going to create opportunities for you. In turn, he's going to end up being the one that scores the runs, not necessarily one that bats them in. So yes, like you said, it's not something that's a very powerful statistic in my book because you have to have people on base in order for them to get batted in. So, you know, it, to me, it, it it's just, this is just one of those blatantly obvious things we have to, you know, you in order to be somewhere that you've never been, you have to do something you've never done. So let's just do it. Let's just try it and see how it goes. I love that Ross just went ahead and put it out there and said, you know what, 
it's day two. Let's go ahead and name our leadoff hitter. Like, I love that. That to me, he is, he is already providing so much more energy to me as a fan and what we can all categorize as a very down off season. I already feel completely jacked about this season because I feel like, and I've said this before, I'll say it many times. I'm sure he's providing a new energy to these guys and a new sort of, um, atmosphere that I think these guys will thrive in. The other thing I want to say is if you guys did not listen to the Sarah and Michael episode, when I was gone, you need to do yourself a favor and get on that. I listened to it twice. It is a fabulous episode. There's so much information in there. You better have a pen and paper ready. If you are not a fast (laughs) thinker, like they both are because I could, I struggled to keep up. That's why I had to listen to it twice. So thank you, Michael, so much for stepping into my place. Sarah, you guys, you two, I just knew I was a little worried about my job security because those two together is like, seriously, you have to be careful because your head will explode. Now, <laughs> Andy, you're not I, going anywhere. Your job security is fine. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I like to think that I, I bring a little bit more entertainment value. Not that you guys aren't entertaining, but I mean, somebody has got to break up all those stats because seriously, the numbers were like dancing in my head. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, you know, I kind of like had that Will Ferrell moment in old school, you know, where he's like, (gasps) where am I? That sort of thing. Like, that was amazing. You guys totally so much information, such a packed episode. I think it was even longer than an hour, but go back and listen to it. You guys, it was so good. So thank you again, Michael and Sarah for having my back and covering for me. But I'm happy to be back and provide you all with some nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, it's funny. I told Michael this after we were done recording. I was like, that was really rough because I was trying to be like the fun, entertaining one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just come on this podcast and talk about a bunch of numbers. (laughs) Um, So Anyway, uh, so I want to go back to one of the things that you said there, specifically about Joe Madden and how he's just coming into camp and just getting stuff done, like leadoff hitter, check, like we're done. This is what it's going to be. Wait, you said Joe Madden. You meant David Ross, right? I definitely (laughs) meant David Ross. Wow. It is the end of a very long day for me, people. Uh, (laughs) you you, You did disclaim this when David Ross became the manager and you did say, Full full disclaimer here. I'm probably gonna call him Joe Madden a couple times. Oh yeah, it's been so, dozens of times. That was just I was like, like the first of like no, at least I a was, dozen. But I know that we wanted to talk about Joe Madden a little bit, so I just want to be clear that we we're talking about David Ross and not Joe Madden. We, we are in fact talking about David Ross. I actually, okay. was, I was gonna use this as a little bit of a jumping off point to that actually, because we wanted to uh, talk a little bit this episode about the ways that David Ross has already been a very different manager than Joe Madden. And I think the tone that he has set at camp and sort of like his very business-like way that he's dealing with some of these things has shown that. Um, You know, there were a couple of really interesting bits on Twitter and articles written in the last week. I was particularly impressed with the piece in The Athletic that got Kyle Hendricks' take on the differences between Madden and Ross and how much structure the team was kind of lacking under Madden. And and that was telling to me because Kyle Hendricks isn't really that guy. (laughs) He's not going out there to like write the tell all book or whatever. Um, But wow, that was really telling. The other one that was really telling to me was Javi Baez had these comments last week about how the team just wasn't ready 
when they got on the field in the first inning. And if and it was kind of a running joke in the comment section of Bleed Cubby Blue and every game thread, like, what's going on in the first inning? Why do they always look terrible? Why aren't they scoring? Why is the pitching getting lit up? And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> They're well, not ready. I- I remember saying last year there was a stretch and it was kind of on and off throughout the whole season that we were just on a string where we would give up runs in the first inning. And it's like, you know, we would all now looking back, I'm like, well, this makes complete sense because everybody, nobody was awake until like the second or third inning. Nobody was really at the game, like actively participating in this game that's going on until the second or third inning. So of course they're going to have, you know, stupid lackadaisical mistakes in the first inning that they're going to give up runs. I, this makes me happy though, because this makes, there is a reason for that. Like you think it's just like, it's the way of the Cubs now, like this is the new curse. Well, now we know that there's an actual reason for it and it's being controlled a bit. So who knows what's going to happen this year now? The first inning thing is so funny. I actually owe an apology to a couple of commenters who I I don't know their handles off the top of my head, but like regular game thread commenter types who used to make all these comments about like, the Cubs are terrible because of first inning runs, first inning runs. And I would get so frustrated because I was like, there's no difference between a run scored in the first inning and a run scored in the fifth inning. And, And statistically speaking, that's true, right? Like a fifth inning run counts against you exactly the same way that a run in the first inning does. But it does seem like there were some circumstances on the team that were creating the situation where more runs would be scored in the first inning against them than another inning. So I stand corrected and I apologize. Well, I mean, like, you know, we had no idea, but I mean, there was always that kind of. I think we joked about it a couple times that these guys weren't ready and they weren't warmed up and they didn't look like they were ready to play or like they were even, you know, on planet earth half the time, especially for day games. But so now we know that David Ross pinpointed that as an issue and is definitely doing something about it, which this is why I need to retract a lot of the things that I said about David Ross being the manager, because I'm loving what I'm seeing thus far. And I know I'm jumping ahead to a conversation that we want to have, but Like, I am just, I'm loving the fact that he just went out there and said, screw it. Chris Bryant's my lead off. You're wearing your uniform wrong. We're coming to games warmed up and prepared. Like, I love this. This is just, this is something they needed. And I think you're going to hear more players say that this was something that definitely needed to be done. And I think we're going to see results because of it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think this could very easily be the type of thing that translates into results. And and I don't think that's jumping ahead. I think that this is a great place for us to have this conversation. I mean, one of the things that I was taken with today and actually wrote a quick piece on it is sort of the fifth starter spot in the rotation, right? And there's been a lot of debate in the offseason as to who will get that. Conventional wisdom seems to be that it's going to be Tyler Chatwood. We've talked before on this show about how Chatwood out of the bullpen looks so much better, (laughs) And starting Tyler Chatwood, that maybe you just leave him there and let Alec Mills or Edward Elzele have that spot instead. Um, but what I kind of loved was, you know, they announced their first three starters for their first three spring training games, and it is exactly who David Ross wants to see what they've got. It is Alec Mills, Tyler Chatwood, Edward Elzele, back to back to back. Let's just like get the battle for the fifth starting spot on right now <laughs> at the start of spring training. And, and like obvious caveat here, 
spring training stats don't matter. <laughs> and I don't just mean that in the sense that they're like not counted in regular stats. Players are usually trying out different things. You'll remember last year that Carl Edwards Jr. had his like, I'm going to try a new motion that then got deemed illegal. So there's a lot of stuff going on that can't be evaluated for, through our traditional statistical lens. However, you can absolutely see what a guy's got and how they're going to respond to starting a game. And you can take a look at, hey, how's their how's their pitch repertoire? Does he have a couple more miles per hour on his fastball or not? Why? You know what I mean? Like one of my concerns with Azalea, and I wrote this on my piece that's up on Bleed Cubby Blue uh, right now, what is he has three pitches he doesn't really have a fourth pitch I think that that's problematic for a young starter I think he probably needs to develop one is he going to work on one what's going on there right so I love that Ross's game plan is I need to know who my fifth starter is I'm taking these first three games and I'm going to take the three guys that I want to see the most out of and go from there I'm going to see what they've got well and I think too you know this is like you say, a lot of players like to work on different things in spring training. But I think in this situation, it's important for these three guys to come out and take this as serious as possible and show exactly what they have as a, a game starter. Not You don't want to mess with your delivery. You don't want to mess with your arm angle. You don't want to mess with pitch combinations that you wouldn't normally go through. You don't want to mess with any of that. You want to go out there and show him because – I promise you, and you know, we we watched a Tyler Chatwood come out of the bullpen and do very well last year. And even when he got spot starts, he went back, he reverted back to that Tyler Chatwood that we were all like watching with hands over our eyes, you know, like, no, this can't be happening again. You know, put him in the bullpen, like <laughs> maybe put somebody in for one out, which now we can't do, but put somebody in for one inning and then bring him in. Out. Like, yeah, I don't <laughs> know. I mean, opener. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, though. I mean, Tyler Chatwood, if if he's somebody that is seriously being considered for the fifth starter, he has got to take this seriously. He's got to go out there and show him what he's got in a situation where he's starting because we know what he looks like. In, in previous starts and it's just not good. And, you know, those Mills and um, Azalei both have good opportunities here to also break into that starting rotation. And, and for good reason, I mean, they all have great stuff, but it's just, you know, as a rotation that you feel like is aging and could use some help. We, we really have to solidify us, you know, a good fifth starter, somebody that is going to make sense in there. And you you know, I know it's spring training and people don't like to take it serious and they feel like it's something that, you know, players are, are kind of, you know, nonchalanting through, but I think these guys in this situation with this new manager, they really have to figure things out and they really need to, to go out there and show them what they have as a starter. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's one of the things I'm going to be keeping an eye on during spring training is just how that fifth starter spot lines up. I'm also really curious about who winds up in the bullpen and on the opening day 26-man roster as opposed to who winds up um, in Iowa. And there's a lot of guys that the Cubs have signed to minor league deals specifically to see, like kind of take a flyer on, does this person have that glimpse of what they did that was great before, or are they really just not going to work out for us this year? And so I think there's a lot of players to keep an eye on during spring training. And I would, I would, I kind of like the way David Ross is making his decisions. I like him being very forthright about who the leadoff hitter is going to be. I like him saying there will be a leadoff hitter. We haven't had a manager who is willing to commit to a leadoff hitter for three years. 
it's kind of like a wait and see approach. Um, so yeah, and he even good. went so far to say that there was an issue with leadoff. You know, there's been an issue with the leadoff um, hitter since Fowler, which we've talked about many times. And I know people will yep. cite that as something that's been an issue, but to go out there and say it, like, it's just, it's so in your face. I like the style already that he's putting out there. I like that he is, his confidence is just like, the word I want to use is cojones. Like he just really, like, I feel <laughs> like he's, he's already like, you know, just kind of putting it out there and like, you know, I'm the manager, I'm running things, I'm running things. I know what I'm doing. I, even if he doesn't, this whole fake it till you make it, if that's what it is, like he's, I, he's got me convinced. I, I feel good about, you know, where this team is going to be as far as, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of things to complain about from I'm, people will find things to complain about because they always do, but as far as the things that they complain about with Joe Madden, they're not going to be able to complain about those things with David Ross. He's like nipping a lot of this stuff in the bud before we even the first pitch is thrown in spring training. So I love it. I love it. I can't wait to see what else he does. I feel like there's going to be more to come. And I think these players are really, you're going to see a new energy with these guys. And and I, I am here for it. And I'm sorry for everything negative. I said about you, Rossi, you're my guy. I'm ready. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm I'm loving the David Ross era already. Uh, we need to take a quick break, but on the flip side, we are going to be talking about one way at least in which David Ross is kind of like his predecessor um, from spring training. And then we're also going to spend a bunch of time talking about the Marquee Network. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. And we're back. Okay, so I I just have to confess, I am a huge animal lover. I love tiny little furry kittens and puppies and all animals are, all cats and dogs are kittens and puppies. They're they're puppies their entire life. (laughs) Ten-year-old dog is a puppy. It's just a thing. It's been a thing my whole life. Uh, Puppy day at spring training was about the cutest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm still just like, looking at all the videos and loving every second of it. And and I also love it because David Ross being a more detail-oriented and process-oriented manager does not mean he's not fun, (laughs) right? Like, the players are still having a pretty good time. They're just also taking batting practice with a live umpire calling the shots or calling balls and strikes, (laughs) So, okay, uh, you people are going to think I'm soulless and oh, no. you're, you're going to think that I have no emotion. I have no feelings. These things are all not true. And I think if you've listened to me for any amount of time or know me, you know, these things are not true. There is a huge contingent of our Cubs friends and our, as in Sarah and I, that love this Kevin Rizzo content. I am <laughs> going to confess. I did not even know who Kevin Rizzo was. What? I. I mean, I did. I did. We talked about it. But I actually, when I started seeing our group of friends tweeting about it, I had to go out and Google, like, who is Kevin Rizzo? Like, I know that's not his dad. Like, who is Kevin Rizzo? So, you know, this, I love dogs. I have two dogs of my own. My dogs are adorable. They're my babies. They're as much my babies as my children are my babies. But when it comes, I guess right now, I'm so kind of numb to all of the outside noise of, like the baseball 
world right now. I just didn't get into it that much. I mean, I love that he's doing it and I love that people love it and people need kind of a feel good side to this team right now, because I think everybody was so down on the off season that it was definitely a good way to bring everybody back together and give everybody like an audible, you know, ah, that was, that was good. And that was smart. And that is definitely something that the Chicago Cubs organization is good at. Um, but I just, I don't know. I just, and this is just me. I'm not saying it was a bad idea. I'm not saying anything negative about it at all. It was just me. And maybe it was what I was going through right now in my life, but it just was not, I was not as affected by it as like everybody and their mom was on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably, I will say it. I'm probably the only one that wasn't like, oh my gosh, I need more of this. I am ready to see baseball. I'm ready to see Chris Bryant in the leadoff spot. I'm ready to do all that, all that good stuff. I get why people love this and probably on any other normal day, I I would have loved it as well. I don't know why though. I just can't put my finger on why I just did not react to it the way that everybody else did. I'm not, I'm not saying anything negative and I'm still, you know, happy, loving Andy. I have a soul. I promise. It just was not, I don't know. It just didn't, you know, but I didn't get, I didn't get that excited about the stuff that Joe Madden did either. Like I was happy that he did it. And I was happy that he was making an attempt to keep everyone loose. I just wasn't, I don't know. I just didn't get that, you know, shook up about it. So I'm sorry. I'm not on this train with you, but I really, I promise I'm waving and supporting you from the side. This is, I'm not being negative. I just didn't react the same way as everybody else did. So I just kind of, I I hear that. And look, I, when real things are going on, it's hard to get super excited about some of the smaller things that are going on. I find that like, at this moment in time, every second that I spend on baseball or that I spend on cute animals or like, I don't know, those are just like pure joyous moments for me. And so the combination (laughs) of cubs and puppies was so great and our friend and friend of the show uh michael bowling has just been putting together some like great video content that has been going up on twitter here like i'm assuming he's had a hand in some of these videos i could be wrong they may be friends and coworkers of his so whoever is doing all of this outstanding at cubs content for for all of us with these I mean, Kyle Schwarber has this incredible, I th- is it a Dalmatian? Am I right about that? Like, I think it's a I Dalmatian. I think so, yeah. Yeah. It's so great. I'm like, Kyle Schwarber has a Dalmatian. I love this. Listen, uh, and I love my at Cubs friends. My at Cubs friends know that I love them. Michael Bowling, I love you. You guys know this. It has nothing to do with your talent level because you guys are second to none. To none. Like, best at program in all of baseball as far as I'm concerned you guys do a a, a ridiculously good job has nothing to do with that I am just one of those strange birds that did not react the way that everybody else did that doesn't mean you do (laughs) that doesn't mean that they change anything or their marketing you know plan changes because I promise everything else that they do works on me it was just this thing that I did it, it just you know it was good it was fine it wasn't anything that I you know 
I, I got all excited about. But I know all of Twitter, Cubs Twitter did. So they're doing a, a remarkable job. You guys know I have all the respect in the world for you. It, it has nothing to do with that. It's just me personally, there is something wrong with me the past couple of weeks. So I apologize if I'm sounding like a complete Debbie Downer right now. It just, it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me. I can't fake it. You guys know me. I can't fake it. Sorry. <laughs> No, you're fine. You don't sound like a Debbie Downer, Andy. We all know that sometimes life comes at you. I, I have to say one last thing about this, and then I will let it go on the puppies thing. But I've just been, <laughs> this has been like the greatest part of my week so far. Um, the There's this video that they put on TikTok that is oh. quite literally <laughs> Kevin Rizzo, who is like Anthony Rizzo's teeny tiny little like wiener dog, bullying the other dogs. <laughs> I'm like, this dog has no idea that he's like four pounds and cannot go after dogs three times his size. He just like has never cared. And it's hysterical. And so if you are a TikTok person, which I am not yet, although at Cubs at this rate, you're going to make me get a TikTok account just so I can see these videos. Um you should definitely I was just going to ask you. I was just going to say, hey, Cup of Cubby Blue people want to know, Sarah, have you signed up for TikTok yet? I'm not, but at this rate, I'm going to have to because there's Cubs puppies on TikTok. And I I think I'm going to sign up for TikTok because of the, <laughs> just because for of the, the Cubs. Cubs. Puppies. Yes. <laughs> I was yes. giving Michael Tarami a hard time on last week's show because he, he's like, you can find me on TikTok. And I was like, I, I heard that. That was so <laughs> And now all of a sudden I'm like, I think I need a TikTok because there are Cubs puppies on TikTok. <laughs> oh, what a world. Um. <laughs> Speaking of Cubs videos, though, let's turn to something a little bit more serious than Cubs puppies. The Marquee Network launches on Saturday. I am super stoked about this. There, uh, the content that will be out on that first day has been released um, via press release. And so we have an idea of what those first shows are going to be. They are going to start out with a debut show that is a preview of future programming and inside look behind the team. And that preview will be the run-up to the first spring training game against the athletics. I believe that game starts at three Oh five. So the network goes on the air at 1 PM. And then they're also going to be debuting a, uh, Ernie Banks documentary, which they're calling a cubumentary, which, okay, cubumentary, documentary, <laughs> whatever. Um, but yes, Ernie Banks content. I'm very excited to see the film More Than a Cub, The Life of Ernie Banks. And then they've also, if you go to Marquis' website right now and you happen to be um, on one of the like subscriber networks that has made a deal with Marquee, you can actually go see what channel Marquee will be available to you in. And um, you can see what your high definition channel number is and what your uh, normal channel number is. And I just, if you are an RCN subscriber in the city of Chicago, channel 679 people, that is the HD Marquee network. I'm stoked. I I'm also really bummed for all of the people in the city of Chicago who are not going to get to see any of this. And there's a lot of them. And I, I, I'm so torn, Andy, what are your thoughts? Okay. So, well, first of all, I'm looking at also the lineup and it looks like the game actually starts at 2 PM central time. And 
the guest analyst on that broadcast is going to be Mark Grace. So this takes me into my issue with Marquee Network. And I know people in Chicago don't feel my pain because I understand you guys are in Chicago. You should have access to the major sports teams in the city you live in. I completely understand that. I was on the marquee bandwagon big time. I was driving the dang bus because I got all excited. I thought this was going to be a national network when it hit the, the streaming services. Well, I got zapped down pretty hard the other day. It is only going to be a regional network in all the streaming services. So I have absolutely no ability to get the marquee network. I can through the app, I guess, from what I'm being told through the app or the website, I can um, pay the whatever it's going to be. I don't know if they've even set this up yet, but I can pay a monthly subscription fee or whatever and have access to the content, but I will never be able to see the live coverage of games and everything else that comes with game broadcast that you all get which breaks my heart because I was so excited for that um I understand but at the same time I think they're really doing and I get the all of the the rules and blackout regulations from MLB network or MLB and all of its licensing and all that hoo-ha it's just really obnoxious to me The reason why you go to any corner of the world and can find a Cubs fan is because of WGN. That's why. I mean, WGN was all over the nation. There's fans everywhere. So for now, the the network that, and I get it's a lot, a lot of it has to do with MLB. So this, my frustration is equally directed (laughs) towards MLB and Marquee Network. It's just really aggravating that my only option to watch the Chicago Cubs in St. Louis, five hours north of Chicago, is to pay a monthly subscription, which I've been doing for umpteen years now, and watch on MLB TV. I just really would like to feel connected, you know, to the fan base over here in, you know, enemy territory and be able to know what the heck you're going to want to talk about on our next episode that marquee aired this week, because I'm not going to have a clue. Like that part really bums me out because I was super excited that I was going to get to feel like I was watching WGN again. And most of us listening or, you know, a lot of people that are Cubs fans today have WGN to thank for that because they got to see it and out of, out of market, you know, areas and became Cubs fans because of that. So it's just really disheartening to me. I'm excited for you because I really, I know that you are very good at articulating what you're seeing and how you feel about it and everything like that. So I'm really excited to hear your viewpoint on everything that they're airing and how they're doing and that sort of thing. But I really wish I could just see it with my own eyeballs. <laughs> no, that is, so that's totally fair. And I actually, um, let's let's hold off on the people in the city of Chicago who are very frustrated that they're not going to be able to see it with their own eyeballs. Cause that's a different problem and story entirely than what you're talking about. I mean, I think that the Cubs would love nothing more than to expand some more of the access to marquee outside of just the regional area that they're in. There are actually a couple of places um, notably like Omaha, Nebraska, which has got to be a Pete Ricketts thing where they have signed some deals. <laughs> I think it's totally like a, you can watch this in this part of Nebraska if you have this one service because that's where one of the Cubs owners lives. Um, I, 
if MLB ever relaxes their blackout restrictions and allows the Cubs to expand that network more, I think they would do it in a heartbeat. Everything that I've heard, they know they know exactly how valuable having WGN for all those years was, and they would love to do that again, although it just doesn't seem like MLB is willing to do that. And everything I've read about this in the past indicates that that's because it provides an unfair advantage to some teams over others. Like not every team can have a national network like that and make it profitable. Um, So I, I totally get that. I do think that it's a nice compromise that there's a way for you to access the content. Although I, I agree with you. I know it's totally not the same to be like streaming Ernie Banks cubumentaries on your computer, as opposed to just sitting down and seeing what's on the marquee network and turning to that, turning to that station. Right. Um, the Chicago area thing is a little bit different and there is a lot of anger out there on the interwebs about this. And I can't really blame people for it. Like if you have Comcast or one of the other providers that has not signed a deal with marquee yet, and my preliminary estimates here, um, have shown, I think it's like 1.5 million households in the Chicago. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? number of people oh my goodness are not going to be able to watch any of this content right oh my gosh and this isn't like you can't just watch cool documentaries and youtube content that's going to be on marquee this is like you can't watch a single spring training game and when the season starts if that deal hasn't been done you can't watch opening day (laughs) I mean, this is just crazy to me. So I have to say when I, so when I had all this stuff going on with my dad and I was up in my, my hometown, which is just, you know, an hour and a half, two hours West of Chicago, you know, my mom and my stepdad were asking me like, what do you think? Do you think that we'll get it? Do you think we'll get the marquee network? And I said, well, I do believe that you guys will get it. Um, They're Comcast subscribers. Um, I do believe you guys will get it. I I don't believe that you guys will have it in time for spring training. So you're not going to get to see any spring training games. I don't know that they were so concerned about that, but there is a real feeling up there that they're not going to have it for opening day. And I mean, like, you know, my mom was pretty insistent, like, no, seriously, tell me the truth. Do you think we're going to have it? And I'm like, I do. I do honestly think you'll have it by opening day. But I, I mean, the the lack of progress is just alarming. I mean, it, it's really scary. And that's a lot of people to not be able to watch the major team in the city where they live. It just is crazy to me. Yeah, I I agree. I am not entirely sure what they're going to do about it. I don't know what the timing is. I mean, they, they appear to be in the middle of some sort of negotiation. And it'll be very interesting to see how that negotiation plays out and what the timeline for that is. I... But I'm a little bit nervous is the wrong word. I mean, I am going to have access to the network on Saturday. I'm super stoked about it. I plan on going nowhere Saturday. I'm just going to watch Marquee and then write a review of it for all of you. (laughs) This is like my my exciting weekend plans. Watch the Marquee Network and and write about it for Cubs fans. Um, But I would be very upset if that were not an option. And frankly, I'd be furious. I, if I knew that all of that was launching and that millions of dollars had been spent on it and all this great content existed out there and I didn't have access to it, I would be furious. Um, 
So tell me this, are there going to be like restaurants and bars that have the ability to to have it on? Like, are people going to be able to go like watch it somewhere? Um, I mean, I don't know that it feels appropriate to go sit in a bar and watch, you know, a documentary documentary about <laughs> Ernie Banks. But I mean, is, is the ability to like put, you know, sh- to, to display marquee network, is that to a, to a wide audience and like a public establishment, is that a possibility? I It, it depends on who their cable provider is, right? So if the cable right. provider for the sports bar or restaurant or whatever is one of the providers that is contracted with the marquee network, then you'll be able to see the games there. You, I, I can't imagine that those sports bars are going to show like the documentaries or the pre-post game stuff or like the Cubs YouTube footage or whatever, but they're going to show the, um, you know, they'll, they'll have the ability to show the games. I, the limiting factor is that if you're a sports bar that is contracted with Xfinity, are you going to like change your entire cable contract? Just because, just so you can show Cubs spring training games? Probably not, right? Unless you're in the heart of Wrigleyville, you're probably not going to. It's just so crazy to me. Like, they really dropped the ball on this. This was not, this is not well done at all. Like, not at all. Well, I think the thing that is weird to me is I think it is well done. Like, they did a great job getting talent and content and... No, that side of it, yes. That side of it, 100%. Yes. They, did, they did a really good job on part of it. I think they just missed how hard it would be to actually get Comcast on board. And it's not a great state of affairs to not be able to guarantee that everybody in Chicago will be able to watch the Cubs on opening day. Right. No, I mean, that side of it. Yes, they did a great job. I am loving the, the talent lineup that they have and um, the ideas of the content. What's not kidding. Actually not kidding. I was just trying to slyly add in the aside that I love the talent lineup too, but it needs more women. Oh, a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a, a major flaw in that whole lineup. But yes, um, I just mean like they, I think they probably got a little anxious about having the idea come to fruition and putting all of the network stuff together that they forgot about the back end of it, which is the most important end. And that's delivering to your, to your actual, the people that want it, the people that need it, you know, and that, that side of it is so important. And, you know, it it would not surprise me if Comcast was maybe a little bit hurt about them not being in discussion sooner in the process. That would not surprise me at all because, you know, that's kind of how these, these, these owners get, they just, you know, uh, to use the reference again, put that buggy before the horse and just start thinking that, you know, money rules all. And Comcast is like, well, no, it doesn't watch this. You know, I mean, it it, it just, I don't know. That side of it, I think it should have been handled probably a lot sooner than it was. And I think, you know, I don't blame people for being upset. I'm upset for a different reason, but I definitely, if I lived in the city and didn't have access to them, I would be furious. I would be downright furious. And to me, it just, it doesn't make sense. It was something that was so solvable and could have been handled so much sooner than days before spring training. And hopefully something is done way before opening day. So people can rest a little bit easier on this. 
Yeah, uh, I think that is a great place for us to end this episode. But we'll be following everything that's going on with the Marquee Network, with the negotiations with Comcast, with the Cubs lineup, and looking at these first spring training games, which again start on Saturday. So make sure that you have carved out some time to watch your Cubs if you're able to. Uh, we're excited that they're back. I am beyond thrilled that Andy is back. We'll be back next week to talk a little bit more about how all the spring training stuff went down. Until then, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, the podcast is at, at Cup of Cubby Blue. I'm at BCB underscore Sarah. Andy is at BRYZ underscore Blue. And we're looking forward to talking Cubs baseball all spring and summer long. Bye.